0: Well, church family, I've got to say I've really enjoyed this message series over the last month and a half. Uh, this message series, You Asked For It. Uh, over the last six weeks, we've been tackling some of your most popular questions about God, our faith, and the Bible. We've tackled these six questions over the last month and a half. How could a loving God allow COVID-19? Has the great tribulation begun? How can I know God's will for my life? How do I hear God's voice? Can I lose my salvation? And what are heaven and hell really like? Uh, Those messages are all on our YouTube channel, Impact Christian Church. They're all on our website as well. So if you missed any of those messages over the last six weeks, I encourage you to go back this afternoon and view those messages. Uh, They answer some very important questions that not only you have, but probably your friends, family, and neighbors as well. And speaking of them, I encourage you, when you come across uh, friends, family, neighbors who are asking some of these questions, refer them to our YouTube channel. Refer them to our website. Encourage them to watch these messages. Maybe even offer to watch those messages with them. Because I really hope and pray uh, that these last six weeks will continue to be a blessing to many people uh, over the months to come. And I really hope and pray that we'll be continuing to reach uh, people we've never reached before as we take them to the great answer man himself, Jesus Christ, as we take them to God's word to find the answers. To their most important questions. Well, this morning we're going to answer one final question. This is such an important question to answer, especially considering the fact that so many churches are relaunching live services today and in the weeks to come. And that question goes like this I'm a Christian, but do I have to go to church? That's a good question, isn't it? I'm a Christian, but do I have to go to church? I'd like you to take out your Bibles, please, and I'm going to have you turn to two different passages. I'd like you to turn to Matthew, uh, excuse me, the book of Luke, chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, and also turn to Hebrews chapter 10. So turn to Luke 4 and Hebrews 10. Both of those uh, books are in the New Testament, so that's the last one quarter of your Bible. Uh, Luke chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 10, we'll get to those in just a few minutes. And I encourage you also uh, to have a pen and paper handy so you can jot down some notes along the way, because I'm going to give you some good meat from God's Word today, and good chance we won't be able to memorize that with only hearing it once. So encourage you to jot down some notes, uh, because this is such an important answer uh, to this question that we'll look at today. Now, I did some research this last week, and uh, I had it uh, on, on good authority that somewhere around 70% of Americans claim to be Christians. Uh, various studies have slightly different percentages, but somewhere around 70% of Americans claim to be Christians. Uh, but many studies have shown that somewhere around 20% of Americans attend church. Uh, so that's quite a disparity, don't you think? Around 70% of Americans claim to be Christians, but only about 20% of Americans attend church. On a regular basis. Now, if that statistic doesn't surprise you at all, uh, it probably means it's hitting a little close to home. (laughs) Am I right? It's so true. So many uh, believe in Jesus. So many will claim to be Christians, but at the same time, not see the point of going to church. And so chances are, with the several hundred people that are watching this broadcast today, uh, chances are many of you uh, believe in Jesus, call yourself Christians, but just don't see the point of going to church every week. You either don't see it as relevant or perhaps you say, you know what, I can't find a good church close to home or you know what, there are just too many hypocrites in the church. There's a lot of reasons people give as to why They don't go to church. Well, that being the case, uh, there has been a real silver lining with this COVID-19 stay at home order. You see, by placing worship services online, thousands of churches have been able to reach right into people's homes with Sunday morning worship services. And so worship services have been made more accessible than ever before with this stay at home order and churches going online. So for Christians who say that they prefer to worship God at home, they can now worship God at home easier than ever before. For Christians who say they haven't found a church or a pastor that they really like, there are now literally thousands of churches and thousands of pastors and their sermons that can come into their home each and every week. Uh, There's no excuse for not listening to good biblical sermons every week because there's thousands of them at your fingertips. For Christians who can't leave their homes for one reason or another, uh, these online services have made it possible for those who are shut-ins to now listen to and view the entire service from the comfort of their own home. So without a doubt, there are many blessings that have come about by churches putting their services online over the last two and a half months. Uh, These online services offer some good Bible teaching. They reach non-believers who normally wouldn't step foot inside a a church building. They share the gospel. They lead people to salvation. They encourage us to sing songs of worship. And as is the case with our online service, we even encourage people to take communion with their families. And these online services connect people in need with a prayer counselor. Uh, Maybe not in the same way a live service can, but at least it's offered to some extent. So I'm a big fan of these online services at impact Christian Church. And over the past two and a half months, as we've learned to do these a lot better with a higher level of quality and and hopefully a higher impact, uh, we do not plan on stopping these online services when we get back to meeting in person. I'm so thankful that in the last two and a half months since we've gone online, uh, we've had four baptisms. What an awesome blessing that is. We've reached hundreds of people who normally uh, wouldn't step foot in our services on a Sunday morning. And uh, God has allowed us to faithfully uh, preach his word each and every week and present it to you right there in your own home. So these online services do some things very, very well. But at the same time, there are certain things that an online service can't do as well. So let me just tackle that question that we're asking today and let me just ask it in a slightly uh, different way. Many of you watching this message right now are probably asking a question kind of like this. Wouldn't it be okay with God if I just continue to stay home and watch online worships, worship services each week uh, whenever I can? Do I really need to attend a live church service each week? It's a good question. Many of you have enjoyed these online services and many of you most likely are are thinking about maybe just continuing to watch them online and not leaving your home on Sunday mornings to return to a live service. And so, is it okay to stay at home? Do I really need to attend a live church service? And the biblical answer to that question is, yes. Yes, you do. Unless you are a shut-in, because of physical limitations or mobility limitations uh, that uh, keep you confined to your home, if you are able-bodied and able to leave your home and able to attend a service on a Sunday morning, then the Bible gives an answer that is a resounding yes. You need to be actively involved in a live church service. There's no substitute for a live church service. And I want to share with you, particularly for those of you who are believers and followers of Jesus Christ, Five reasons why you need to get back to church ASAP. Five reasons to get back into a live church service ASAP. Reason number one is the example of Jesus. Reason number one is the example of Jesus. We talk all the time about being believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, It's not simply a matter of just believing in Jesus. Christianity has always been a matter of believing in Jesus and following Jesus. Remember when Jesus called two of his first disciples, uh, Peter and his brother Andrew. Uh, Jesus called to them while they were fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And remember what he said? He said, come, follow me. And then he walked down the beach a little bit and saw James and John fishing as well. And he called to them and said the same thing. Come, follow me. Follow me. Notice that Jesus didn't just tell those four fishermen, believe in me and carry on with your business. They're fishing. No, he said, follow me. He was calling them to followership. We call them disciples because that word disciple means a student or a follower. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, one of the things that marks you as a disciple or follower of Christ is your following. And we have to follow his example, don't you think? We have to follow Christ's example. So let's ask the question, what is Jesus' example in the pages of the New Testament when it comes to attending church? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I had you turn to Luke chapter 4. And if you're there there in, in uh, Luke chapter 4, look at verse 16 see what it says. Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 16. It says, He, Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath day, it says there in verse 14, I lost my place there. Verse 16, on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Once again, it says on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. In my Bible, I underlined particularly those last four words as was his custom. So think about this for a moment. These four little words carry a really big punch, as was his custom. Have you ever found yourself saying, "Uh, I don't need to go to church because I've already heard all that stuff and I'm not being fed. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, I'm not being fed. Typically, it's about another church. If they thought it about my preaching, they just didn't want to hurt my feelings. But I've heard it said a lot of times. I'm just not being fed. Well, imagine being Jesus. Imagine being Jesus. Uh, Do you think that he went to the synagogue each Sabbath day and was learning all sorts of new things? Do you think those rabbis were revealing things to him he didn't know before? I don't think so. Jesus was the Son of God. He was all-knowing. He wasn't going to these synagogue services and listening and saying, Hmm, I never thought of that before. That's in the Bible? Who knew? Obviously, Jesus, the all-knowing Son of God, he wasn't learning new stuff in those services, but he prioritized it anyway. He made it his custom. He made it his practice. He made it his priority to every Sabbath day be in worship with other believers there in a Jewish synagogue. Jesus' custom, his practice, his priority was to attend a service every single weekend. And if that was Jesus' priority, then it should be a priority for any of Jesus' followers, don't you think? Jesus is our example. Now, in Ephesians 5, verses 24 through 32, and also in Revelation 19, verses 7 through 9, the Bible refers to the church as the bride of Christ. And just as we say that a, a husband and wife come together as one, the Bible says that Jesus and the church come together as one. They come together in unity. In other words, Jesus and the church go Hand in hand. They go hand in hand. So over the years, I've come across a lot of people who have said, you know what? Jesus, I like, but I don't really like the church. Jesus and I, we've got something going. I just don't go to church. We look at these descriptions of the church in the pages of Scripture that the church is the bride of Christ and Jesus himself is the bridegroom, and that immediately presents a huge problem for the millions of Americans who claim to be Christians but have no interest in going to church. Over the years, when those individuals have come to me and said, You know what, I like Jesus, I just don't like the church, usually it's been men that have mentioned that to me. I'll, I'll usually say something like this So, you're not going to church because there are hypocrites in the church. I'm thinking to myself, Well, there's hypocrites in Walmart and Target also. That doesn't stop you from going there. But anyway, back to my point. When they say, you know, I don't go to the church. I don't see the point of going to church because there are hypocrites in the church. It's just not for me. I'll usually share with them this. Well, let me ask you. If I were to invite you over to my home for dinner tonight and say, I'd like you to come over to my house tonight for dinner. But I have just one condition. You'd probably ask, well, what's that one condition? And I'd say, well, that one condition is you have to leave that god awful wife of yours at home. You'd be offended, right? And usually the guy says, yeah, I wouldn't come. And he's right, he shouldn't come. If I'm saying I want you to come over to my house for dinner, but leave your awful wife at home, that's not speaking very highly of your bride, is it? And you would be offended as a husband. And you would say, if my wife isn't welcome, then I'm not coming. I'm not coming if you think that of my wife. I'm not coming if you think that of my bride. And then I'd say something like this. Aren't you saying much the same thing to Jesus? You say, Jesus, I like you. You come over to my home, but I want nothing to do with your bride. I want nothing to do with your wife. No, we can't have one without the other. The church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus and His church really go hand in hand. And so the first reason why we have to be a part of a live worship service in a Christian community is because Jesus set us that example. We need to be a part of a live church family because Jesus set that example for us. If we are his followers, we need to follow his example. Reason number two. This one's closely related because the Bible said so. We need to go to church because the Bible says so. Uh, take a look with me at the second passage that I asked you to turn to. I asked you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to be starting in verse 22, uh, reading through verse 25. Uh, this is really an important passage I don't want you to miss. Hebrews 10:22 through 25. It says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Such an important passage. Now, verse 25 is the verse that many Christians uh, point people to when they're asked that question about is there any verse in the Bible that says I have to go to church? More times than not, in answer to that question, pastors and and, and different Christian leaders will point people to that last verse we read, Hebrews 10, verse 25. So does the Bible say I have to go to church? Absolutely, right here in that verse, Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Does that sound like it could have been written in the year 2020? I think so. That could have easily been written this year. Obviously, before the stay at home order, but it is so relevant to people today who claim to follow Christ, but don't see the need to go to church. And so back 2000 years ago, when the book of Hebrews was first written, those Christians were dealing with the same challenges that we deal with today. Uh, Christians had a tendency to be complacent. Christians had a tendency to become lazy. Christians had a tendency to say, you know, I'm not being fed. I don't need the church. And the church doesn't need me either. And so Christians 2,000 years ago were struggling with some of the same things we struggle with today. This temptation to think that it can just be me and Jesus. And I don't need to be a part of a church. And the church doesn't need me. Well, God's word definitely tells Christians in all times and all places to make meeting together with the church a priority. But why? Why does God make that a priority? Well, reason number three, Christianity isn't just about getting. Christianity is also about giving. Christianity isn't just about getting. Christianity is also about giving. I want you to take another look at this passage we we just read in Hebrews chapter 10. I bet you missed uh, a few key words in those verses we read. Uh, Did you notice the F word is used in verse 22? Look at it again. It's right there. The F word is used in verse 22, the word faith. All right. It's right there in verse 22. Uh, Did you notice the H word is used in verse 23? It's the word hope. Did you notice the L word is used in verse 24? The word love. Now, pan back from those individual words with me. Faith, hope, and love. And look at the phrases those words faith, hope, and love appear in. Pan back and look. It says, let us, in verse 22, let us draw near to God in full assurance of faith. Next verse, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And then verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So the writer of Hebrews says, let us live out our faith. Let us hold on to hope. Let us encourage each other and love, to encourage each other to love. And then he says in verse 25, let us not give up meeting together. These verses aren't focused on me, these verses aren't focused on you. These verses are focused on us, right? They're focused on us. There's no mention of any on my own, lone ranger Christianity in these verses. It's all about us. Bible teacher Warren Wiersbe says it so well. Wiersbe writes, fellowship with God must never become selfish. Would you say that with me? Fellowship with God must never selfish become selfish. He goes on to write, We must also fellowship with other Christians in the local assembly. It is interesting to note that the emphasis here in this passage is not on what a believer gets from the assembly, but rather on what he can contribute to the assembly. Faithfulness in church attendance encourages others and provokes them to love and good works. Well said. One of the reasons that many Christians are stagnant in their faith is because they have bought into the lie that their faith is just about me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. We got our thing going. It's just me and Jesus. And they wonder why their faith is so stagnant. Well, the reason it's stagnant is because it's never about just me and Jesus. It's about us and Jesus. Amen. It's about us and Jesus. And once that truth sinks into our our thick skulls, we'll be able to finally wrap our minds around the reality that growing in our faith requires both getting and giving. It requires both getting and giving. Growing in our faith requires what? Both getting and giving. So let me tell you point blank. If you are a committed Christian, your spiritual growth is bound to be stunted if you only attend online services over the long term. They're wonderful in the short term. And there's so many values to online services as I already mentioned to you a few minutes ago. And we're going to keep doing them because the value is wonderful. But if you want to grow in your faith, if you want to be a committed Christian that grows and carries out God's purpose for your life, you need to be involved. In a church and in live worship services, online services don't give you many opportunities to give, to love other Christians, to serve other Christians, to use your spiritual gifts for the good of the church, to encourage other Christians to do the same. You can do a little of that online, but it's very limiting in how you can exercise those spiritual gifts and love and serve others. My number one gift happens to be teaching. And I've had a a, a unique opportunity over the last two and a half months that most of you have not had. You see, I can carry out my spiritual gift here in front of a video camera almost as effectively as I can do it in front of a live audience. It's not as good, but it's pretty close. And so when it comes down to it, I've been blessed with the opportunity to continue using my spiritual gift. But I realize that most of you have not had that same opportunity over the last two and a half months. And so it's going to be so important for us to get back together in a live service as soon as possible so you, like me, can exercise your spiritual gift so you can be a blessing to others, encouraging them, loving them, serving them, and building up the body of Christ, all of us working together. Amen? It's going to be awesome when we get back together and can use our gifts to serve and love each other once again. We'll do that very soon. It's so important to understand that you can never grow and mature in your faith if you're only getting. God has intended for you to give as well. He's intended for you to get and to give, to get and to give, to get and to give. And as you do those two things, believe me, you will blossom and grow in your faith. Reason number four, we need to get back to church together as soon as possible. You will benefit from community. You will benefit from community. It's true that the church needs you. Christianity isn't just about giving. It is also about getting. It's also about getting. Make no mistake about it. You need the church community as much as the church community needs you. God intended it that way. That's why in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the church being the body of Christ. I may be a mouth, you may be a hand, someone else may be the leg or the feet or whatever other part of the body uh, that they are. And so together we make that body. God has designed it for us to be mutually dependent on each other. So the church needs you. Some of you haven't realized that, but it's true. The church needs you. You have unique abilities and gifts to offer the church, and the church isn't as effective without you there. But at the same time, you need the church just as much as it needs you. The New Testament is chock full of one another uh, statements. Uh, in First John 4.12, we're told to love one another. In Hebrews 3.13, we're told to encourage one another. In Galatians 5.13, we're told to serve one another. In Romans 15.14, we're told to teach one another. In Romans 12.10 and Ephesians 4.32, we're told to honor one another and to be kind and compassionate to one another. All these one another statements make it clear that we do this thing together. I need you. You need me. It's a mutual dependency as we work together in the body of Christ. Other Christians in the church need your love. They need your encouragement. They need your service and teaching and kindness and compassion. But to be a healthy, growing Christian, you need every one of those things from us as well. You need love. You need encouragement in your Christian walk. And the church can offer that to you. You need the service and teaching that our church offers. Uh, You need to be lifted up in your faith and given opportunities to serve. You need kindness and compassion that other Christians can give you. You know that kindness and compassion are hard to find out in our society today, but you can find that kindness and compassion in the church family. You need us as much as we need you. One more thing. In order to grow in your faith, you need accountability. You need at least one other Christian brother or sister who you can open up to who you can share your your hurts, your concerns, your failures with another Christian brother or sister who can hold you accountable to carry out those goals that God has called you to set for yourself, to read your Bible, to pray every single day, to be in church each week, to grow in your faith, to use your spiritual gifts. You need the accountability and the church offers it. Uh, You need the accountability that can only come when you allow yourself uh, to be under the shepherding of a pastor who leads a church the pastors and the elders of a church are there placed by God to shepherd that congregation. We all need shepherds. We all need these human leaders, these human pastors who don't claim to be Jesus, but as best as they know how, according to the teachings of God's Word in the Bible, as best as they know how, they carry out their calling under the guidance of the Great Shepherd Jesus Christ, and they are they're called to serve and to lead the church effectively, to help Christians grow in their faith and deepen in their walk with Christ. If you're just watching online, you're not placing yourself under the shepherds that God has placed to help you there grow in your faith. And so it's so important, make sure that you are part of a church community because you need that community. As much as it needs you. And then, reason number five we need to get back to church as soon as possible for the sake of our marriages and for the sake of our kids. Your marriage and your kids need you to prioritize church. You've probably heard the often quoted statistic that Christians have the same divorce rate as non Christians. Well, that's been cited for years, but it's a bit misleading. Because remember that around 70% of Americans claim to be Christians, but only around 20% attend church regularly. Most people don't stop to ask the question, do regular church attending Christians have the same divorce rate as non-Christians? Interestingly, the answer is no, they don't. Studies have indicated that when Husbands and wives who claim to be Christians prioritize church attendance on a regular basis. When they attend church together, they have a much lower divorce rate than non-Christians or those that don't go to church at all and claim to be Christian. One study I saw last week said they are 35% less likely to divorce if that husband and wife prioritize church attendance. So, Bottom line, church attendance is very healthy for a Christian marriage. But it's also very healthy for our kids. Wouldn't you agree? It's very healthy for our kids. When I was a kid, my mom had a sign in the house uh, that said this. It was kind of a cool little sign I read many times as I would go into her room. It said, the family that prays together stays together. The family that prays together stays together. That sign could have just as easily said, the family that goes to church together stays together because that's true, isn't it? During the stay-at-home order, I hope that those of you who have kids or teenagers in the home, I hope that you have been coming together and prioritizing watching these online services on Sunday morning. I hope that you pulled your kids and your teens together and watched these services together over the last two and a half months. Every single Sunday over the last two and a half months, Christine, my wife and I, we've pulled our four kids together and the six of us have sat in our family room and watched these services together. Now, think about that. We're sitting in the family room and we're listening to a sermon that I've preached. And so I'm sitting there Watching my own mug on the screen and listening to my own voice that always sounds a little weird to me because it sounds a lot different in my own head than it does when I hear it being recorded and and played back to me. And so there we are watching my sermon that some have overheard me preach a few days earlier. But we make it a priority because we have decided, Christine and I, that attending church is a non-negotiable in our home. And so if I can go through the weirdness of watching and listening to my own sermon with my family on a Sunday morning, then certainly you can get your kids and teenagers together to make it a priority for an online service. And as soon as we get back to live services, hopefully in the next week or two, as soon as that happens, you better believe my wife and four kids and I'll be there because we've made it a priority as our family. I encourage you to do the same. I encourage you to do the same. Draw a line in the sand today and say, from this point forward, this is not just going to be an individual priority. It's not going to be just a personal priority to attend church each week. It's now going to be a family priority. It's something you can do together. I want you to make sure your kids are in church. Because I'm telling you, when your kids and your teenagers get to be the age of 18 and they eventually leave the house, whether they go off to college or enter a career or go off and and, uh, get an apartment with a buddy of theirs. When they leave your home, if they have not had this habit established to go to church and prioritize going to church, chances are they will fall away from the faith very, very quickly. You see, one of the things the church does is it comes alongside you as parents and helps reinforce those Christian values that you've taught your kids uh, all of their lives. It comes alongside you and helps point them to Jesus Christ and lead them to a point of salvation. It comes alongside you and helps not only help them develop a heart uh, to love God, but also a heart to love people and a heart to love Christ's church. Uh, The church comes alongside and helps your kids not just love Jesus, uh, the groom, but to love the bride as well. The bride of Christ. I'm telling you, if you do not prioritize church for your kids, if you do not prioritize it as a family, your kids may say, you know what? Jesus is okay, but I don't need to go to church. Chances are they won't be church attenders as adults if you don't make it a priority today for them while they're still in your home. So please, make it a non-negotiable. Make it a priority, not just personally, but for your whole family. And what a wonderful thing it will be as your kids and you come to church together and we all discover our spiritual gifts and we begin loving God and people together and we serve God and people together and we develop that heart for God, that heart for people, and that heart for Christ Church. If you want your kids and grandkids to have a faith that stays strong after they leave your home, then they need to develop that love for God and a love for the church at a young age. Oh, what a blessing to be able to do these things together. Well, there you have it. Five reasons why you and I should get back to church in person ASAP. Are you going to lose your salvation if you're not actively involved in a church today? The Bible does not answer that with a yes. Now, I don't see any indication that you will lose your salvation if you don't attend a church actively. But this I can see in the pages of Scripture. Your growth will be stunted. You will not only have a difficult time maturing in your faith, you will be at a loss in your walk with Christ if the church is not involved in your Christian walk. And the church will not be as effective without you there once again you need the church every bit as much as the church needs you that's simply the way that God made it so as soon as possible get plugged into a church and if you are a shut in you're not able to go to a church service live on a regular basis please continue to make these online services a priority for you and your family because they do a lot of things really really well Thank you so much for that great question. I hope this answer has been helpful to you, and I hope you'll pass it on to others that you know who need to hear this biblical answer as well. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity you've given us today to dive into your word and hear the truth that we need to hear. Lord, thank you for building your church. As you said, Jesus, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Thank you, Lord, for building your church. Thank you for giving us all of these wonderful books in the New Testament. So many of them written not to individuals, but to churches. I think of Galatians written to the church in Galatia. I think of Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians, all written to churches in those specific areas. Lord, you gave so much of your New Testament directly to churches, groups of followers of Jesus Christ to read and study and learn from and carry out together. And I pray, O God, that we would prioritize the church more than ever before. Lord, sometimes the enemy of our soul, Satan, tries to isolate us and pick us off one at a time. But Lord, I pray that we would stay strong together. Lord, I pray for anyone who is watching this broadcast right now who has never made a decision to accept Christ. I pray that they would right now, that they would reach out to you humbly and say, Lord Jesus, I'm not a part of a church, and the reason I'm not is because I'm not a part of your family yet. Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask for your forgiveness. I admit that I am a sinner and need your forgiveness. Would you forgive me, Lord Jesus? I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And can wash my sin away right now. Lord Jesus. I choose to follow you with my life. I choose to place you in the driver's seat of my life. To take the wheel of my life. And I will follow you. As your disciple. I will follow you from this point forward. Until you call me home to heaven. Lord Jesus. I pray that many watching this broadcast. Would make that first time decision for you. Or Lord. If there's those who are watching this. Who made a decision for you years ago. But have not. Lord, uh, uh, gone to church recently, Lord, they've they've put your bride on the back burner. I pray, O oh God, that uh, they would fall in love with the bride once again, that they would get back to church and Lord, that they would grow and be served and in turn, serve the others around them for the glory of God and the growth of your kingdom. Lord Jesus, draw us closer to you. Touch us at our point of need in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ today, whether it was a first-time decision or a rededication, I encourage you to reach out whatever venue you're watching on. Either reach out to one of our prayer counselors or send us a quick message on Facebook or on our live website. Uh, Let us know that you made a decision today. Let us know if we can pray with you, and we'd be happy to pray with you today. And as I mentioned last week, if you made a decision for Christ and you realize you need to be baptized, You need to make it clear to God, the angels, and anyone that's watching that you're ready to accept Christ. This is a great day to do it. Reach out to us and say, hey, I need to be baptized today because I made the decision to accept Christ. We can even bring the baptistry to you. And speaking of baptisms, just this last Friday night at youth, our youth night as we got back together for the first time in two and a half months, uh, one of our teenagers was baptized. And we're going to close the service today by showing you her baptism. God bless you, church. And don't forget, right after this baptism, we've got our Impact Kids online with Miss Christie.